Hi, everyone. This is uh, Steve Ampson. I'm co-founder of Higher Purpose and oversee all Orion Town's veteran and military outreach partnerships. Really excited for today's People with Purpose. We have Visa on, which has been one of our actually second customer for many years and done incredible things. And I'm, we're really proud of the partnership. A little bit about Orion Talent and kind of this moment in time and, and how Visa is part of it. Orion Talent launched our diversity site uh, via Higher Purpose back in the spring. Everything we're committing to do is helping diverse talent find uh, companies with incredible cultures and where they can find purpose uh, in their job every day. Um, so today we're going to be doing something really cool with Visa with what's called a career roundtable, where we'll be hearing from three folks at the company a little bit about uh, their careers and then giving advice on um, overall finding great careers and and what it's like to work at Visa. It's one of my uh, favorite, I can't say favorite because I have a lot of companies I work with, but <laughs> really, really great employer that, that we're proud to. So first let's just do um, introductions and get to get to know each other, if that sounds good. Ivy, you wanna go first? Sure, Steve, I would love to. Hi everyone, my name is Ivy Tao and I've been at Visa for seven and a half years and I'm based in San, um, San Francisco Bay Area. For my day job, I am a senior legal assistant in the global litigation and competition team within legal, ethics, and compliance. I respond to third-party subpoena requests, tax production, and work on various projects assigned by my department. Inclusion matters to me because everyone should be treated fairly no matter who they are because we are all so different and unique, with the exception of evil actors. When we uplift everyone everywhere, our employees bring their most authentic self to work every day, which enable Visa to be successful. Visa has 11 employee resource groups, we call them ERGs, numerous inclusion and diversity chapters in eight offices and various departments have their own IND committee, like my department. We have sports club and social club to give employees a place of belonging and culture and mentoring program and large social impact community. Um, so for my side hustle, I'm also leading Visa Military Employee Resource Group, um, which we bring together Visa employees with current and past military affiliation, as well as friends and family. I'm also a member of Legal, Ethics and Compliance, Inclusion and Diversity Committee. And I have to give a shout out to my department because this year we have three veterans and one former firefighter that just joined Visa and I'm recruited them to also join um, Merck. So that's awesome. Kudos to my department. And um, last but not least, my last side hustle is that I'm a team captain for a Visa running club and have organized over 41 fundraising events, which benefited many charitable causes that gives back to our veteran and military community, as well as nonprofit that supports the underserved community. Back at you, Steve. Uh, you're awesome. You're like a hit of sunshine and and uh, doing more than I do uh, in my whole life. So that's amazing, all of those things. Thank you. I'm excited to get your advice uh, for all the folks listening. Um, Rachenda, you want to you wanna go next? Uh, sure. Uh, thanks, Steve. Um, I'm so excited to be here with you as well as my esteemed colleagues. Um, so Rashenda Daniels here. I've been with Visa 
roughly about maybe six or seven months. Um, I currently have the pleasure of serving as the Global Talent and Culture Director, uh, where my remit is really focusing on all aspects of diversity and looking at how we can manage talent and also looking at the employee experience from a cultural perspective. And so we look at areas of creating programs, ensuring that the opportunities that exist at Visa are inclusive of all, and we work with all groups to understand that what we're doing um, appropriately resonates with the team. Um, I'm excited. I, I lead a mighty team of three, um, and I also get to leverage GoShares. And so with that, I partner very heavily with all of the ERGs, um, as well as with other departments to ensure that we get a you know good, um, meaningful content that resonates to really drive internal mobility, career growth, um, and also really, again, fulfillment. Um, I have been doing this work roughly for about eight years. Um, it started out back in the day when you think about inclusion, it was you had a full-time job and then you had an inclusion and diversity job. So I've essentially had two jobs and you had to perform at both. Um, the exciting thing about being at Visa is that I get to do what I love full time. And so I, it's nonstop and I'm, I'm, I'm tired, but it's always extra energy where I want to continue to keep going. Um, I also do a lot of things in the community as well. Um, I'm a proud member of a sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, um, where we also focus on just continuing to serve the community. And I also help support um, armed service branches as well um, through that. Um, Ivy, it's funny, when I met her recently, she said, hey, you have prior military ex experience, and she signed me up for our Merg military ERG. So thank you, Ivy, for that. Um, but I do um, carry affiliation with all of the ERGs, um, capturing the entire employee experience. Thank you, and uh, thanks for joining, and excited to deepen, uh, to go and dive in deeper here. Uh, Gilbert, you're up next. Hi, everyone. Uh, Roshenda and Ivy really set the bar high on this one, and <laughs> we're just getting started. Uh, my name is Gilbert Duenas. I joined Visa September of 2021, so a little over a year ago. And I actually joined through the People Team Development Program, which is a rotational program, kind of helped to design um, or designed to help figure out kind of where the best fit within the people organization would be for me. Um, so actually, when I started, I started with the talent acquisition team focusing on inclusion and diversity initiatives, which was a really great introduction to Visa because it really showed the commitment Visa has made to being inclusive and, and really kind of increasing the diversity and representation of underrepresented groups within the organization. Um, and that just showed the commitment of, of the company of Visa and it really made me excited and really kind of confirmed that I was in the right place. Um, as of June of this year, so for the, about the last four or five months or so, I've been a business partner supporting our marketing organization, kind of building on the work um, that I was doing when I started. So some TA work, looking at where we're recruiting, where we're finding new talent, but also serving as a thought partner where our leader, with our leaders um, on a global scale. Our, our, our leaders in, in uh, SAMEA, in Europe, in Asia, in the US, of course. And so just really seeing how we can be the best organization we can be, how can uh, we be for, how can Visa be for everyone everywhere, right? And uh, it's it's been a great experience so far. Awesome, I love that. And um, for for every, what is it for everyone everywhere? That's, yeah. uh, that, that says, uh, 
everything about culture and what you guys are trying to do. So, so I love that. Um, great. So to kind of frame the next question, everything we're trying to do as a brand, higher purpose and our content and um, with our customers is storytelling. I have a belief that um, stories can change lives. You you hear one person and you never thought it that way, then you're like, I'm going to go right instead of left, right? Um, so um, through this, I'd love to hear kind of a, a more about your backgrounds, um, what we're trying to educate um, younger town, Alpha Z, <laughs> is um, career paths. And I always, my advice to them is, find something with purpose that that makes you give back that and you know longer term that'll that'll really you'll be more fulfilled on, on top of the money stuff so maybe we can we can circle back to to the early chapters <laughs> of of how you got where you are today and maybe some bumps in the road and lessons if, if that makes sense um and maybe we'll just go back through so ivy you want to I know I'm not following the script which I I usually don't do that well anyway so sorry but ivy you want to go first on that I'll love to, Steve. All right. Uh, let me share something about myself. So growing up as an Asian American, um, I didn't have a particular role model um, when I wanted to I wanted to emulate because my family and most of my relatives were immigrants from China. So, and then I might age myself when I share the next part. Thanks, Steve, <laughs> for making me share a secret because no one really asked me why I joined the Navy and then later become a legal professional for 12 plus years. Um, it's because it was shaped by two external horrific in, um, events. So 21 years ago, I was in high school when 9-11 attack happened. Um, my teacher had the TV on. And at first, when I walked into the classroom, I was like, wow, we're going to have like movie days. But I didn't realize it was 9-11. And then just watching the event unfold in class, it was just so scary because um, there were just so many bad people in the world. And then towards the end of the school year, my teacher brought in a guest speaker who was one of her former students. He was enlisted sailor in the Navy, and he shared his experience how much the Navy accelerate his life. So that was the slogan back then in the Navy, accelerate your life. So he was able to travel, gain his work experience, and even mentioned the GI Bill helped pay for his college. And I realized people do terrible things, but there are amazing heroes out there like a service member and first responders that protect innocent people and protect our country as well. So when one of my cousins joined the Navy, um, it kind of sealed the deal for me as well. And that after I graduated from high school, I joined the Navy so I could pay for college, travel, and get you know, that awesome, amazing work experience. So in the Navy, I was an aviation maintenance administration man, AZ-3, um, that's like the rating, um, third class petty officer. And I served for four years and I was stationed on board the USS Essex in amphibious assault ship. And I was stationed in Japan. The Essex was forward deploy ship, and it was kind of like a Uber and Lyft for our 31st Marine Expeditionary Unit. And we were out at sea 75% of the time and took the Marines, their aircrafts, their vehicles, and small boat all over Asia. And we spent eight months in the Gulf during the Global War on Terrorism, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And then sailors that share the same AZ rating as me, we always joke and say, oh, we do everything from A to Z because we have to track maintenance for aircrafts. 
And then, um, so after I completed my four years of active duty, the struggle was real um, during the transitional period um, from military to corporate. I took advantage of the GI Bill and went to online school before virtual college um, became popular during the pandemic. And I worked full times on numerous um, contract roles in different industry. And then in 2009, it was a turning point in my career journey to become a legal assistant and paralegal. Because at the time I was a legal coordinator at Yahoo Compliance Department. And then one day, one of my friends was working on a subpoena that was related to the JC Dugard kidnapping case. Um, I'm pretty, well, some of us who have been in the industry longer, we've heard about this case because it was the big news. So um, there was this girl, she was kidnapped many years ago in 1990, and she was held hostage for 18 years before she was found in 2009 in Lake Tahoe. So then uh, when my friend asked me to help him produce like the response to the government, because they send us like a subpoena. And then so um, I was able to help my friend and it kind of opened my eyes on how I'm um, able to find this new career path to have that higher purpose by helping the company protect its data and also provide um, records to the government and law enforcement and law firm um, when they issue subpoena to help them solve their cases. So after my contract ended, I worked at a small legal department at Big Heart Pet Friends. Probably you guys never heard of them uh, unless you um, own a cat and dog and you have to buy like pet treats for them, like Meow Mix and um, Milo's Kitchen. And then they were also um, formerly known as Delmonic Corporation, which um, produced canned goods. And we were like based in San Francisco. So I worked there for four and eight, four and a half years and took night classes for my paralegal certificate. And being in a law department, I was assistant to the general counsel and I worked on different areas of the law, like contracts, trademark, corporate governance, entity management, mergers and acquisition, month and year and accrual expense report, and also being able to onboard outside counsel to help us with certain matters. It was a great learning experience until the company was acquired by JM Smuckers, the jam company, and they were based in Ohio. Luckily, Visa came knocking on my door and said, hey, we got an exciting opportunity for you. And it kind of like relieve my stress like oh my family don't have to like move to Ohio or find another job because growing up in the SF Bay area it would be challenging to move to another state that has like a more agricultural feel to it and not have a large diversity demographics over to you Steve it's awesome it's an awesome story Rashenda do you want to go next yeah, sure. So uh, my path is, you know, definitely different. Um, and that's why I'm excited to be here today. So uh, growing up, both of my parents served in the military. So my background, when I think about inclusion and how I see the world, I like to think that I have the privilege, privilege and honor of norming and forming through a lens of diversity. Uh, my father uh, joined the military in the 70s uh, in the army. He held multiple different roles or he had multiple different like I guess MOS's I guess um, I can say that on this podcast and my mother actually joined the army much later I was in the second grade when she joined she was almost I mean, she, 30 I, I guess I should know how old she was I don't know how old she was 
But um, she joined and she joined as a medic or a dentac. She was a dental hygienist. And so I was able to just see the type of work that they did where my father was more of like um, more of a more of a tactical work, did a lot in the field um, tanks. And my mother was more working in the healthcare industry. And so when we traveled the world, um, I was able to make friends and norm and storm and build relationships with kids that all we wanted to do was play, right? I lived in Germany for a while and a lot of my friends didn't speak English, and I did not speak any German. Um, but one thing that we knew that we wanted to do is that we were kids and we just wanted to play. And so I didn't realize those type of experiences until I got older and got in the corporate environment. And so you fast forward, I went to a bunch of different schools. Um, I ended up going to college in Houston. And at the time I felt like, oh, I needed to join the military because that's what everybody in my family did. Um, and so I said, well, I don't wanna go full time. I guess I'll join the reserves, um, but I still wanna make sure I'm dedicated to getting my education. And so my education, uh, my undergrad is actually in finance. Um, and so I joined the reserves, I completed uh, basic training, um, but then I said, I don't think this is something that I wanna do to make a career out of, but I still had all these experiences with me. And then you fast forward, I joined corporate America. Um, and so for me, I came into corporate America, I think with a much different point of view than maybe some of the more traditional students where going into these types of environments and going to a different school was almost refreshing. Um, but it also just kind of level set me into kind of how I would then go into the corporate environment. Um, and so with that, I was able to transition to um, another company in the tech space where I started out in finance. I worked in mergers and acquisition. And in that, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do because at the time I needed a job. My parents weren't rich, right? They were in the military, right? So, um, and they definitely had retirement to take care of themselves, but I had to make sure I sustained. So it was employment, but then it, I started to get along the lines of what does that really mean in the future? And so I had to stay employed, but then I ended up getting my master's full time while working in a department doing mergers and acquisition, which was very stressful. Anyone who's worked in M&A knows that it's all about the financial when you close the deal, close the books. And so I worked full time and got an um, MBA. And after that, I transitioned careers and I said, I'm going to use this opportunity working in mergers and acquisition to figure out what I want to do. And so what I did in that space is I would meet with individuals in HR. I would meet with individuals in procurement because all of these things were part of how you integrate a company acquired into the business I was in. And so I would take side jobs and say, I'll do these tasks for you in communication. I'll do these extra tasks for you in marketing. And so I use that to get a feel for where I wanted to go next and what I wanted to do. Ultimately, um, it was a two and a half year kind of period where I would do kind of these things. I was able to expand my network, meet new people um, that were not in the finance organization. And ultimately, I interviewed um, and transitioned into the HR kind of program management operations space. And one of the things that I always say is I interviewed three times and the first two times I did not get the job and I took it very personal um, and it really hurt my, my feelings. I was definitely younger in career, but I had did so well in those interviews when an opportunity did come up, a leader reached out to me and said, hey, I want you for this job. And so one of the things that I keep with me today is that I could get a thousand no's. I may get, you know, one yes. And it's OK, because I'm going to always put my best foot forward when I'm thinking about these career mobility opportunities um, and not to really get so down if I don't necessarily get that opportunity. And it really is, you know, putting your best foot forward really can pay off. 
And it may not necessarily happen like right in that moment, but it really does eventually come around if it's meant for you. Fast forward, I did diversity. I changed careers again at the same company, and then I start doing diversity work full time, and then I transition careers to um, to Visa. And now I feel like I'm actually living my purpose from a work perspective. Um, I like the slogan that I love the slogan that Visa has: "Inclusion matters," because inclusion does matter inside the workplace and outside of the workplace. And it's just something to remember that being your authentic professional self. Um, is really important and you should make sure that when you're looking for employment or you're looking for career opportunities that you can be comfortable with who you are as an individual and comfortable with the um, employer that you're working for and that your your values are aligned it's very hard to like work someplace or be a part of something where there's a disconnect and so i always implore people to ensure that there's some type of connection and alignment there um, while we don't necessarily talk in detail about our personal lives in the workspace it is important to ensure that the values are aligned um, because it, it makes it really hard for you to sleep at night when it's not. So um, that's my story. No, I, I love it. It's obviously a great story. One of the things that you said, <clears throat> um, I believe, which is challenges and adversity can make you better. Right. And it's like if as you as I do these things, it's like, oh, I had these challenges that they were great. They made me better. Right. So if as I give advice to to younger folks, it's like these are just lessons learned to like embrace those challenges and hardships versus when things are coasting. So I love that. Um, Gilbert, how about you? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go kind of a little further back than I initially planned, but since everyone else shared, I I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up in a neighborhood called Lincoln Heights, which is kind of on the east side of, of Los Angeles and uh, first generation American. So my parents also immigrated to this country sometime in the 70s. I'm actually the only person in my family that's born in the US. My older siblings were born outside of, of the US. Um, but my parents taught me that work ethic, right? You know, they taught me you got to work hard, you got to dedicate yourself and, and really focus on what you're doing. And for them, education was kind of a way to to kind of mo have that social mobility, right? And so I always did well in school. I always worked hard in school because that's kind of what I thought was the way to to move forward. Um, and, you know, that's that's kind of the path that, that I chose. I, I didn't do military. I have cousins and, and family who did and and have been very successful with that and have progressed in their lives through that. But for me, it was education. So um, I went to college and I thought, OK, you know, now that, I, you know, that the application process, I got a lot of support through school and other other programs that helped me apply. And then once I was in college, I was like, well, I'm going to pursue engineering because I know that I can, you know, graduate and be an engineer and, and do this or do that, you know, and, and uh, honestly, I was just I didn't have that guidance from my family to say this is what you're going to do this is a career path this is where you know if you do a you're going to go to b and then do c i didn't have that kind of guidance it was just kind of like well i think this is what i'm supposed to be doing and and kind of had to figure figure that out right so thankfully i had people kind of guiding me in that process i got my um engineering degree when i graduated from my bachelor with my bachelor's and my first job out of college was actually at a nonprofit organization uh, it was a nonprofit that focused on first generation low income students of color, helping them apply to college, helping them get to college and graduate from college. And, and so for me, it was kind of looking in the mirror, right? And thinking about, okay, what's helped me? Who's helped me get this far? 
and paying that forward and and constantly then and even today I think about the people that I grew up with like my classmates my best friends who maybe some of them didn't graduate from from high school maybe some of them didn't go to college but they were just as smart if not smarter than than I am and so you know it made me think about like all those people who could be doing these really great things and for whatever reason or not and so that kind of always has been in the back of my mind as I've progressed through my career. That's why I chose to be in the nonprofit space. But as I was in the nonprofit space, my engineering side kind of came out because this organization was trying to grow. They were very grassroots, very neighborhood based. They were trying to build a national brand. They were doing everything on pen and paper. And I kind of helped them develop and build the systems that they needed to kind of sustain that growth. And so it was kind of cool to be with this organization that um, helped me connect to my my personal experiences, but also gave me that opportunity to grow and develop my skill set. That tech experience led me to my next step in my career, which is tech consulting and working with companies that were looking at building out their systems, building out their footprint, and leveraging technology to do that. And ultimately, that kind of led me into that space, uh, HRIS, like HR information systems. And so that's kind of the connection between people and technology and I've been in that space uh, for a few years until I kind of reached this plateau where I was seen as the tech guy and I was like well I don't, I'm, not, I'm not just a tech guy you know there's more to me than that so I decided to go back to school to get my MBA to kind of expand my skill set develop my my leadership skills so I can be more than just a tech guy and be a, a leader whether it's in tech or HR and when I was graduating uh, from business school I found this great program, like I mentioned, I'm part of the People Team Development Program, which is hey, which which said, bring bring the experience you have, bring your MBA, bring your HRIS experience. We'll find where you can apply that and continue to learn and continue to see where uh, within HR might be the best opportunity for you, or even within Visa, because part of the program is also getting experience outside of the HR team. Um, and so throughout my career, it's been constantly thinking back of like, where where can I learn what resonates with me? Where can I grow? And where can I have an impact, whether either help others or pay it forward? Um, and that's kind of been the constant throughout my career, although it's been very nonlinear. And, and Visa has also allowed me to do that as well. I love, there's a couple, I love all your stories. Um, but there's a couple of things I, I love about that. It's like <clears throat> the start of your career was built on purpose right? The start of your career, right? Like you were in a nonprofit. And I always explain to kids that careers are like books. You have all the chapters, right? And the chapters could be like, what the heck? I went right when it left. But all the chapters kind of go together, if that makes sense, to, to have a book, right? I know that's an old analogy or crazy analogy, but like you think of no chapter, all the chapters help the other chapter and they all intermingled. So it's uh, it's awesome. Um, So in respect of time, I may just combine a question because um, you these this has been awesome or this is awesome so i'll probably combine one question which is um one is how how does the work stand out because i believe that people don't want to just go to work they want to know that they're making a difference especially younger talent alpha the, the future alpha z's and then at the same time uh, i'll combine the question of being a military veteran or a spouse or dependent um, so maybe inter interwind those questions and then and then we'll do wrap up because uh, I just want to abide by time, but this is awesome. So Ivy, you want to go first and try to combine those those questions? 
Sure, I'll do my best. That's a hard question, Steve. <laughs> um, no, so I, I trust you. You'll, you'll do good. Okay, so like in the Navy, we have our acronym meaning never again volunteer yourself. But here I am, I'm always volunteering myself outside of my current role because it's very transactional, silo and external facing, especially when I'm like responding to subpoenas. So I feel like I'm at the bottom of the submarine and a lot of people at the company didn't know who I am. So um, when the opportunity came up to like lead Visa military and um, keep the running club going, um, my friends and I actually created the running club group seven years ago because we wanted to uplift everyone, especially when it comes to running like a 5K because I'm a beginner running runner still, but we just want to like bring that sense of community together to support one another. And um, so I'm always volunteering for these events just so I can develop my leadership skills and my personal growth. I'm very um, shy person by nature, I'm an introvert, but um, when I'm like volunteering myself on the side hustle, like I'm able to meet new people, like network, grow, and also work on my public speaking skills. And with the Navy, um, it gave me like a very big sense of like, oh, attention to detail, how to stay organized and like just give out simple instruction and connect with people on like I guess a human level, it kind of like um, better to communicate with us like, hey, let's create an event together and have the higher purpose. And it was just super fun. So I think that's kind of like, um, now I'm like known as the person like, oh, if you need like resource, just go to Ivy. She knows where everything's at because she knows where people sit within the company and what their like strength and weakness are. Over to you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'll take a slightly different approach just because um, I do have a background in HR. And so one of the things I would say would be it's really important in your career to ensure you're self-aware. As you grow in life, um, the way that you thought when you were 18 and the things that you valued probably are different at 30. At least I hope they are. To a certain extent, like hopefully, you know, you still love your dog or something like that, because we are constantly maturing as adults. And so people mature in different phases of their life personally. And that's true professionally as well. Some people get promoted to VP very fast and accelerate and others don't. The same is true about your work. I think it's important to um, ensure that your work stands out is always take the time to network. It's actually a very, you know, May done, may, may done task, but it, it's important to continue to do that at least once a quarter connecting with individuals because you can talk about what you're doing and you can receive feedback and understand how the business is running in and outside of your organization. That's a key factor to me to ensuring your work stands out and to ensure what you're doing is actually driving and adding value. Sometimes when you're early in career, you may do what I call grunt work. Those things are important, but you can't necessarily see the bigger picture. I believe in self-accountability. Ask questions to ensure that what you're doing, how, you know, that you can see how it does connect the dots so that it is adding value. And ensure you're always thinking at least one to two to three years ahead, um, and it's okay to fail. So sometimes when people are concerned about like, hey, does my work stand out? What There is going to be a time where you get feedback that's not favorable or positive, and it's the maturity and how you receive that feedback and how you move forward because it is going to happen. That's just, it's life. 
And in the professional and the corporate space, um, especially a company the size of Visa, you have to be able to receive that. And people will remember and know how you responded to that. That's another example of how you stand, you, you can stand out, even if the work itself may not have been as shiny as it needed to be. So there's multiple different ways to kind of look at that. Um, I think the main thing is just being self-aware, um, always being kind and ensuring you're taking time to invest in your constant network as you grow in your career. I love that. I what I I look bad. I'm not I'm an average guy, not that smart. But what I think I did really well was I got out of Vermont, which was awesome. Got out of, you know, um, but then I always wanted to learn things that I didn't know. So I just I gravitated toward people that were really strong in those areas, whether that's tech or whether that's that. And once again, not that smart, but like if I, I just absorbed all that information. So as I give advice to younger folks, like try to be in a room with people that are really good at things and just learn, right? Because there's there's no casualty in it, except if you're hanging out with uh, people that don't, you know, so anyways. Yeah, I um, never want to be the smartest person in the I room. I never. never, if I ever feel that I'm the smartest person in the room, to me, that's a problem. We should be very afraid. <laughs> I, 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 had one, I had one company that I felt that I was like, this is, this is not right for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I know. Yep. Um, great. Gilbert. Yeah. I, um, you know, everything Rashinda mentioned kind of struck a chord because I think it's that HR experience or having worked with an HR and, and dealing with people, working with people, getting the, the opportunity to work with people, I think is is something that is part of the reason I am in HR, but part of that is also getting the, the opportunity to learn from others, right? And taking the time and, and being able to reach out, even if it's someone on a different team and say, hey, I'm interested in X or Y or Z, you know, do you have 20 minutes? Like, can I introduce myself? I'm interested in this. I'm, I had a call earlier this week with someone on, on a completely different team. And so, um just getting the opportunity to do that like making the most of that and um you know i kind of want to say uh people don't always remember what you say or what you do but they always remember how, how you make them feel and and i think that kind of ties into building that network and, and kind of those connections and those relationships um and from that hr perspective like the teams that i support right like if they're in a bind or if someone's having a difficult time just taking that extra time to say hey what's going on or hey can i help out and people people will kind of will appreciate that and, and kind of that helps to build those connections as well um and then just going the extra mile right like if you get asked and in, in terms of like how to send out like be genuine be yourself you know but also go the extra mile like if someone asks you to do a b and c you know, you know do a b c and then think about like well what's going to come next you know what's what's going to where are they taking this what do they want to do with this and let me think about what I can do to help them reach that goal and, and then do ABC and then maybe DE, maybe F, you know, like, or just start, you know, think about where things are going, think about the bigger picture and think about how you can help support that bigger picture. And I think that's very helpful too. Yep. Uh, I have a word that comes to mind as, as you just presented authenticity, mm -hmm. right? Just, just be, try to be authentic in everything you do and, authentic relationships and try to make a difference, even if it's someone at the front desk or someone, you know, uh, I have this philosophical thing as I get older, just lift other people up what you're trying to do. And you do that throughout. So anyways, um, so I'll do the last question just because of the timing of this. I do want to say, and this is very from the heart, um, 
I went and visited Visa. You guys were my second client. Um, and you would think Visa is a credit card technology company, and the culture is not that. Everyone I've worked with is about people and giving back and supporting and uplifting. So it's something quite special, I, I have to say. And, uh, and I've worked with you guys for eight years. So that's not a plug. That's just uh, an, an observation. Um, and I, I think you guys are, are a, a really great company. So um, that's just my perspective on working with you for years. Uh, you followed us from the beginning and always want to do new things. So the last question I ask on all of these podcasts, which is a, a standard question, but we always get different answers, which is kind of awesome. And then we we push them through content is and all of you each go through this. So if you were to give advice to uh, a younger generation and um, you guys taught me, it could be Gen, Gen Z or Gen Alpha um, or post-college talent about finding a career with purpose, um, what advice would you give them? And Ivy, why don't we have you go first? Okay, I guess I'm always getting picked in class. <laughs> you're doing a good job. Oh, thank you. So, um, my advice for the younger generation that's about to join the workforce, um, Gen Z and Gen Alpha. I have like three little Gen Alpha I'm raising since my time at Visa. They're like three kids, five and under. Um, so one of my oldest daughters, she wants to be a popsicle seller when she grows up and a teacher. And then the second one just loved dogs. So maybe she'll be a veterinarian. But I always tell my kids, you know, be be passionate about what you do. Your career path will always change. And then just stay curious and continue to learn and grow. Ask questions when um, it's needed. And then maybe like your career path is not set in stone. And because we spend so much time on a career, um, just find that career and something that you love doing because you're spending so much time doing it. And sometimes my oldest daughter tells me, Ivy, you're just so lazy. I was like, why do you say that, Ellen? And she just say, because mommy, you're always working. <laughs> so that's my advice to the new generations coming into the workforce and continue to um, get that higher degree just so you look good on paper and could brag about your accomplishment as well. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, so I would ask, you know, the younger generation to don't put too much pressure on themselves to have it all figured out. I would say fail forward. Um, Nelson Mandela has a famous quote that says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would say continue to learn. I believe that individuals can be life students, um, no matter how old they are. Um, and I would say that, you know, it's, oh, you know, outside of it's okay if you don't have it figured out at 17, 18, 19, 20, 25, 30, maybe even 40. Um, you know, it's, I think there's this society where in a point where there's just this un fair pressure to just have it figured out, to know, to like check all of these boxes. And I think it's just unfair to put that pressure on anyone. And, you know, I would just continue to stress, try different things. Um, I would definitely, I have young kids that are also classified as generation alpha. They definitely have to have a job. So they can't just sit in my house and not figure it, figure it out. 
but you know just continue to be open and get out there and also be a leader you know you know a lot of people are followers nowadays if you see something that piques your interest or something that you want to try and no one else is doing it do it because nothing happens if it doesn't work out you just know it didn't work out because i tried you'll never know if you don't try yeah i'll i'll i i love like just be original like just just be you and be original and make your mark so that's that's awesome very and i love that quote i'm gonna mentally write it down and um, i have this thing with my team where um i'm the oldest but i'm like i ask questions and i'm the the oldest student but i love learning and learning it's it's great gilbert yeah i feel like this question could be a whole podcast on its i own, know right? I um, so in terms of advice to to gen z and gen alpha to Rashenda's point you know it's okay to not know or not have things figured out and part of that is because the world changes so quickly right because the first thing that comes to mind for me like i mentioned earlier i was a tech consultant for a few years before joining visa the technology i was working on didn't exist when i was in high school right so if I was in high school, there's no way for me to have said, I want to be a tech consultant. I want to do this X, Y, Z, because that job didn't exist when I was in high school, right? So it's okay to not have things figured out. You know, it's good to have an idea. It's okay to not have things figured out because things might change and evolve as you, you know, as you grow, as you learn, as you go progress through your career. And then one other piece of advice that I got while I was in business school, in terms of finding purpose in your career, in terms of finding purpose in what you're doing, um, you know, sometimes it might be hard to find those connections. And again, I, I kind of went through that when I moved from being in the nonprofit space to being in, in technology consulting. I was kind of struggled with this idea of like, well, is this aligning with with my purpose and what I want to do? And and ultimately, I did find a way to make that connection. But one of the pieces of advice that I got in business school is when you go through life, think of it as your professional life. Think of it as having three phases. You, the first phase you you learn, the second phase you earn, and the third phase you return. Mm. And so, you know, you're as you start your career, you're learning, you're growing, you're developing. And if you're able to get back to um, some purpose, whether it's through your career or outside of your career, you know, you're able to do that. There might be a point in your career where you're really earning. You know, you're developing, you're building up. You know, whatever it is you feel you need to build up, earn. Um, financially or, or or what have you but then at some point you might reach a point where you're comfortable and you you're you are able to return whether that means financially or with your time so you know keep that purpose in your mind keep that purpose in your heart and if you can apply that throughout all the phases of your career that's beautiful that's amazing but if at some point you don't then just think about okay what can i do moving forward what can i do later on or, or how can I give back at some point and maybe it's not giving back but just finding some sort of purpose right so um, there's always that you know that that purpose piece might should always be with you although it may not always be represented in what you're doing in your career but at some point find ways to tie it in or think about how in the future you might be able to tie it back in awesome um, so this was really great I really mean this you guys are all um filled with passion and purpose and authenticity and caring and observation, all the all the things that I love, right? Or we all love. So thanks for um, thanks for doing this. We appreciate the partnership and we'll uh, we'll talk to you all soon. 
thanks to everyone listening in the audience to this episode of People with Purpose. And thanks to my wonderful guests from Visa, Ivy Tao, Rashenda Daniels, and Gilbert Duenes for sharing their stories and advice on finding careers with purpose. Be well and talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs>